Welcome to Ball vs. Life, a podcast where your hosts, JC and Jack, discuss NorCal vs. SoCal perspectives, the Bay vs. LA. Thanks for tuning in. Let's roll. Ball versus life. Special, special episode. JC is my co-host, and we got a special guest today, Joshua Fu. He's my friend. He's our, he's our friend. He's a talented actor, YouTuber, musician. He's also my running mate when he was here living in LA. Josh, you want to say hi? What's up, everyone? Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, I just met JC like 30 minutes ago, but we are now best friends. <laughs> We are now, <laughs> yes, sir. through all the yes, stuff sir. we just Welcome. went through to try to get this set up, we are now best friends. Yeah, we, we went through a lot. <laughs> we, uh, this is behind the curtain. Josh saw how <laughs> messy it is behind the curtain. Hey, man. Every great, every great podcast comes from, you know, some humble beginnings. So we good. Yeah, we're straight recording from the garage. This is, <laughs> this is how it is. Josh, finally you made it on, yeah, yeah. onto our podcast. I've been waiting to invite you onto our podcast because you're a... Uh, diehard Hawks fan and we've been talking about California sports sure since the beginning yeah, and yeah. we want to mix it up <laughs> finally want to mix East it up East Coast baby so we're going to talk East Coast sports with Josh we're going to mix it up no yes. more West Coast bullshit according to <laughs> we're going to toss East Coast yeah. stuff the, specifically yeah. the Hawks the Southeast exactly, Coast exactly the Southeast Coast you're right yeah. Josh tell us a little bit about what brought you to be a Hawks fan I mean that that's a huge thing I'm, I'm super faithful, like, I'm just a faithful person, so, like, I was born and raised here, and I started going to games early. I was in, I went to games at the Omni, and you guys don't know about that, because mm. it's, like, a local thing, but Omni is, like, the, the original, like, from the 70s arena, and it was, like, a piece of crap, wow. but, uh, you know, I went when it was, like, Mookie Blaylock, um, Dikembe Mutombo, um, Steve Smith, like, Alan Henderson, all those guys, and so I've been a fan. Ooh, Alan Henderson. Yeah, I've been a fan since wow. like the early mid '90s. I missed out on Dominique Wilkins. I was kind of young, but ever since then, I've just been a kind of following them and suffering, I guess. So, <laughs> yeah. No, they they had some good years, and they had some really, yeah. you know, they had some big time players. So they had some some key players. I forgot that Steve Smith was, yeah, was Steve there. Smith. Jeez, wow. Yeah, he was great. I mean, we, that was you know the Eastern Conference was stacked. I mean, we were never gonna beat Jordan. We're never gonna beat the Pistons. We're never gonna beat like those teams. So you're just we're just always like good, but like we could never get above those guys. Which is still the case. And then you guys ran in. Then you guys ran into the Miami Heat. Yeah, right, <laughs> the LeBron exactly. years, basically. Yeah, there's always somebody. But that was a good team too, with Horford, Millsap. Yeah. Dennis Schroeder was on Joe your Johnson. team. Joe Johnson. Joe Johnson. Joe Johnson. Yeah. Jeff Teague. Iso Joe. Iso Joe. Kyle Korver. Like that 2015 year, I was out in LA still, so I missed out oh. on that hype. Like that January where we got like. 12 straight, or like we didn't lose a game in January, and then Kyle Korver got like the most consecutive games with three pointers. I missed all of that. I was in LA, but I was hyped for sure. You were in LA hanging out with me, buddy. Yeah, I was. I was <laughs> getting. Bubbles. I was trying to convert you. To, I was trying to convert you to be a Lakers fan, nah, but your 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 Hawks blood runs so deep. It, it did. I, every time I, I went to at least like four or five Hawks games, like throughout those years I lived out there. Like, between Clippers and Lakers. Does your family have season tickets? So, what we do, like, in a small market, like Atlanta, 
they have to be creative with their marketing. So ever since 2013, I started doing this thing where um, there's just a few group of guys who are really diehard fans. And we kind of work with the marketing team and they give us tickets, but like we go to games and give them feedback and things like that. So it's called the six man section and I get free tickets. Yeah, it's, it's, it's weird for a small market team. Like for you guys, it's like you have to pay like $90 for like nosebleeds on a regular season game, no matter what. But here it's like people. That's cheap. Yeah, dude. That's what I'm saying. But out here in a team like this, like you got to like be creative and how to get people in the stadium. Hey, man, that's where the Warriors were, like, literally 15 years ago. I remember taking the, the subway here, the BART, and they were literally giving away Warrior tickets. Dude, it's crazy. No no way is it happening now. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> exactly. I, I have a question about Atlanta sports, just in general, and I know we're kind of moving away from basketball, but, like, yeah. in the... In the hierarchy of Atlanta sports, where do the Hawks kind of fall under? Like, uh, I know they got the Falcons, they got the Braves and whatnot. Where do the Hawks fall? Definitely third. Well, okay, so uh, it's definitely football is still first. Even, like, even when we're mm. sucking, like, people are still about the football. Like, in the South, like, football is life. Like, it's like University of Georgia, Georgia Tech, yeah. like, Atlanta Falcons football. And then baseball... Um, is like the whole Southeast region because they don't have a lot of Major League Baseball teams in like North Carolina, South Carolina. They don't have a Major League team. And then basketball is just because, but like, you know, because we're not the greatest, it's kind of just, it falls third. But now we have a soccer, a Major League soccer team who's gotten really crazy. Like we won a championship last year and they're like, kind of like basketball and soccer, like right there, which is crazy to hear in the United States. That, yeah, that actually, is crazy. I, didn't, I didn't even know that there was a soccer team. Yeah. Just to give you a West Coast vibe on this, so that's why like I, I want to get schooled on the East Coast sort of sure. uh, setup. And I know they're they're really crazy about sports there. At least like New York, Philly. When you think about that, but yeah. Atlanta is a little bit different. So I'm just like, yeah, um, yeah. Football definitely makes a lot of sense that it's it's up there. The Dirty Bird and all you know, yeah. basically the Falcons, right? You know. And I mean like the. Atlanta's a really transient town, so we don't... Actually, our sports following is notoriously pretty bad. Like, there's so many people from Mm. all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. So, you get, like... You go to, like, um, a Hawks-Lakers game, and it's, like, 90% Lakers fans. Yeah, I've I've watched Hawks-Lakers games, and it's it's largely just a Laker contingent (laughs) there. It's just kind of funny because the TNT uh, crew is set up over there in Atlanta. I'm actually like a a mile away from the studio. So I live a mile away. Yeah. It's just like you you wouldn't think that it would be like, uh, uh, you would think that there would be like at least a little bit of a hotbed just because at least from uh, a national coverage point of view inside the NBA just kind of dominates. Yeah. Right. So it's just kind of, it's funny, man. They, they deserve better basketball over there. We do. You know I mean? We do. But, you know. I mean, <laughs> hey, right now, even though, like, not, like, if we're going into it, it was a struggle of a year in terms of, like, our record and our win-loss. But, like, it's been the yeah. most exciting losing year we've had in a long time. Like, when Al Harrington was our <laughs> best guy. Like, Al Harrington was the best guy at one point. Al yeah. Harrington. You guys have a tra- Travis, Travis Schlenk over there. I mean, Yeah, man. Uh, we we stole Warrior your guy. And, I, and then your, your trainer, <laughs> yeah, too. Your I love Travis Schlenk. 
Yeah, he's legit, man. He's yeah, a cool dude. Yeah, and Chelsea, Chelsea Lane, dude. So, yeah. I mean, I think a key for a successful franchise, and we're not seeing that in L.A. right now, <laughs> right. but, like, having hey, 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 a really hey. good front office, <laughs> having a really good, <coughs> Solid front, good office. front office, I do think, like, uh, you know, it's 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 a good foundational piece to have someone like Travis Schlenk who has, you know, good experience. Yeah. So, I, I'm not trying to toot the horn of the Warriors, but... It's, you know, it's, it's a good uh, hire. Yeah. Too bad the Lakers weren't able to pull them. Yeah, Lakers got their own mess. I heard your last, I, I was listening to your last uh, pod where you guys were kind of lamenting the situation in, in Lakerland. And I was like, yeah, that's a struggle. Jack was lamenting. <laughs> Actually, I was lamenting. <laughs> you were, you were kind of sympathetic, though. It, you were got, like, hey, man, yeah, it sucks. Yeah. It's, it's got. You enjoy it at I, first, I but then you're like, man, now it's just like, yeah. yikes. Like, yeah. it's just train wreck yeah. out there. Now. <laughs> Yeah, now it's comedic. It's just yeah. like it's it's tragic at this point. Right. I'm just like, sorry, Jack. Yeah, what's up, Jack? But no Laker, no Lakers, no Lakers stuff to this week. We have plenty of other stuff. Yeah, sure. This week, so yeah. Well, speaking of the Hawks, <laughs> the All Rookie Team included Trey Young and a couple other other players like Luka Doncic, yeah. DeAndre Ayton, sure, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. Yeah. And you said as far as losing season goes, it's been the most exciting, right, Josh? It How does it feel been. to have Trey Young as the All NBA team? It's it's awesome. It's really great. So I know uh, a lot of people were really upset about that trade on draft day. And to be honest, like being an Atlanta fan, the biggest thing you have to like the biggest quote you live by is like hope for the best, expect the worst. So <laughs> you're always like hoping that something great's gonna happen, but when something bad happens, you're like, you know what? I expected it, um, but. At the same time, I understood like the cultural like relevance of Trey Young and why we chose him over Luca. I think he fit in a city like Atlanta that Luca wouldn't have wouldn't have been able to fit in. If that makes sense, mm, the whole yeah. I mean, that's an, an angle that a lot of people don't really think about because like, I mean, it's yeah. just like that. It's a like Hollywood of the South. Like hip hop culture is huge here, and it's a really young town. So I think he fit really well with that culture and also kind of what with the coach is trying to do in in Atlanta. I was like, I was like, man, I was bummed. I was like, man, Luca is like one of those, could have been a generational guy and we never know, he still might be. But I, at the same time, I was like, but Trey has something to offer for our city specifically, you know, mm. so. No, you're right. It's all about like a team fit. Yeah. I mean, with Dallas, uh, they already established a, a European presence there with Dirk being there for so long, right? So there's a little bit of an international flavor. I don't know. You're right. If if Luca would have fit the vibe of of the team, yeah. talent is talent, and, and Trey's a, a great talent. But I, you know, that's that's definitely an interesting take that none of us here in the West Coast were thinking about actually yeah. with regards to it because. When when uh, when draft day happened, everybody was like, you know, I know a lot of people from Sacramento too, and I was just like, why would they skip uh, uh, on Luca oh, yeah. with right. getting Marvin Bagley? Sure. And then I was curious as to where Atlanta would be going with that, and then this whole situation kind of happened where Luca and Trey kind of had a little a little swap, and it's 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 a, it's been an interesting story. Sure, basically I, as the year progressed, I think the most interesting part is they're forever linked. And yeah. there's a whole rookie of the year debate between them two. And the fact that they were traded for each other. And and, and I didn't even mm-hmm. see that angle that Josh was saying when it makes total sense. Trey Young really fitting the more the culture of Atlanta. Sure. But since they're forever linked, we have this debate now. Yeah. Since Luca started hot and then Trey Young came up late in the season and really balled out. Right. 
now we have this debate like who should be rookie of the year i think most people consensus wise feel lucas still has it but that's more of a presence of how i feel like he came on so strong and he really was kind of in terms of social media his his game really lended itself to that oh yeah so the fans highlights. could hop onto that really quickly sure yeah and and yeah i i agree like when it comes to the rookie debate i i'm a realist <laughs> so like i understand their argument but i i also i also want people to just understand like how crazy of a year that trey had the, a lot of times people can't like they just don't feel like they can be fans of both luca and trey which is kind of a weird thing it's like if you like Luca, you're not allowed to like Trey. Mm -hmm. I definitely like Trey more, obviously, because he's on my team, but I can appreciate what Luca does, right? I mean, Trey did some like record setting things this year that rookies haven't done. He he like almost matched Oscar Robertson on some of his stats. And I was like, dude, that's like crazy. Wow. The points he put up and, and just the influence he had on the team was pretty pretty crazy. As far as the trajectory of Trey starting from the beginning of the season yeah. towards the end. Did you really see that maturation process of him adapting to the NBA game? Because a lot of his knocks were his size yeah, and his sure. ability to make shots, right? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, yeah, I was like, man, I, I'm going to give him a year, year, like, a year in. I wasn't expecting anything this year. I was like, I know his yeah. potential and I know his ceiling kind of to do in terms of playmaking and like getting his teammates involved. But I didn't see it happening that quickly. I was like, oh, damn, like... After that all-star break, it was just like, oh, shit, he's, like, on a tear. Um, and he's, like, really, I mean, he's going up against, like, he's making LeBron look silly in certain plays, you know? I remember that game. I yeah. remember that game. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, all, uh, I was at that game, and to be honest, LeBron looked really kind of lethargic and tired. I think a lot of stuff was going on <laughs> at that point. But still, like, I mean, you're <laughs> yeah. making LeBron look silly on certain plays. That's, like, that's no easy feat, you know? Yeah, that's a rookie going against an all-NBA guy who had been to the finals eight straight sure. years, you know what yeah. I mean? And it's just, you can't really scoff at, you know, any performance. Yeah. If you're in the NBA, you're going to be coming across world-class talent on a night-to-night -night basis, regardless of which squad you're sure. in. JC, I wanted to ask you, as far like, the biggest comp for Trey Young coming in was Steph Curry. I mean, that's yeah. part of the reason why they drafted Trey Young because of that Steph Curry comp, and we all know that there's a lot of links towards the Warriors in the front, up front, uh, front office of yeah. the Hawks. Yeah. Do you see yeah. Steph Curry and Trey Young? I mean, a lot of the comparisons with Steph and Trey happened when Trey was still in college, mm. being such a you know proficient shooter and a, a playmaker. The expectation was kind of set up already coming in. Yeah. It's kind of unfair to compare both of them just because of where they are in their careers. So the best way that I can kind of think about it is how Steph was when he was with us as a rookie comparing to how Trey was with his rookie season. And maybe Josh can tell us about how Trey looked. But at least from my perspective, when Steph was a rookie, he had some run. Yeah. He was playing with a coach that really kind of enabled him to play like a run-and-gun style. But the biggest uh, challenge for Steph was he was playing with Monte Ellis, who was another ball-dominant point yeah. guard when he started. I feel like Steph wasn't able to Showcase. really flex his game when he was a rookie just because Monte was just such a, a dominant presence with you know with the with the warrior squad squad back then you could see flashes of Steph's current game when he was a rookie he would have big games where 
he would score. I don't know if he was scoring as explosive as Trey did towards the end of the year. Yeah. But yeah. you can kind of see sort of the playmaking, scoring uh, guard setup. Yeah. Um, I didn't uh, really see a lot of Trey games, but um, there definitely is a similarity. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think, like, it's a tough comparison because, like you said, it's like Steph is established. He's He's got his team built around the system and everything. And I don't think Trey wants that uh, comparison either, but but I think it's a great comparison in a sense that, like, he's Steph is amazing in terms of, like, how he can score, how he can set his team up, how he just brings his team. I was watching his documentary on Facebook, you know, his Facebook watch documentary, mm. And just how he yep. really lifts his team, and it's not—it's like not just a play thing. It's like it, those intangibles, um, yeah, which is amazing. Steph, Steph, kind of you know took the back seat when KD went on board. Yeah, can you see? Uh, I, I don't want to bring the Lakers into it, but can you <laughs> see someone like LeBron really take a back seat, or you know any other superstar actually kind of take a back seat for someone as talented as KD to get in their squad? So there definitely is a lot of intangibles that's not really talked about. If anything, people kind of criticize him just because he kind of goes, you know, to the backseat sometimes for for other players. Yeah. Um, but Steph definitely is the the total package, and I'm curious if if Trey can kind of have that um, um, sort of career if he has that sort of uh, leadership presence. Yeah, I agree. He seemed to be showing it towards the end of the year. I mean, aside from putting up stats, despite the whole idea of tanking, you guys were winning some games towards the end of the year. That you were supposedly supposed to tank, right? Sure, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think we won three out of four against the Sixers, if I'm not mistaken. And the Sixers were really trying mm. hard to get a higher seed. So it was, it was really, uh, it was, those are really fun games to be part of. Um, we beat like a really good Utah team. Um, and these are like, you know, guys who were really trying to get higher seeds. So it was like really great flashes of like this team feeling like, they have an identity, and they're starting to really build something. They understand, like, hey, we're losing this year, but, like, we're building for the next couple of years, you know? And we have a couple of drafts that we can get some great pieces in. I read one thing about Trey. I don't think he's really fond of the Steph Curry comparisons, yeah. per se. I think he said that he tries to pattern his game more to Steve Nash's game, yeah. which is very similar to Steph Curry's game as well, which is more of sort of a... <laughs> A playmaking point guard as opposed to a scoring guard, which is encouraging if he can really play that role within the squad. Yeah, I think that I, we saw a lot of that. Um, John Collins got plays. Like, all our bigs mm. got really great games because of that. Like, Alex Len, you're like, who the heck is Alex Len? And he had some, yeah. like, amazing games where, like, if Steph was... Or sorry, if uh, if Trey was being locked down, like he was like triple teamed. <laughs> Freudian slip. <laughs> yeah, like he was able to like like be triple teamed and get the ball. Like he had really great court vision and really great playmaking, which was super encouraging to see. Because like if he was struggling with scoring, he would still get his team involved, which is something you always want to see from a point guard. Kind of wrapping up this whole Trey. Trey Young, Luca discussion. It's gonna to be tough. I, I think. I, I think the 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 race was kind of. Uh, Luca uh, had a really good head start in terms of getting the getting a, a a head start on the rookie of the year, and then Trey really made it tough towards the end. I think internationally, there's just a lot of support for Luca. So it's going to be really tough for Trey to really make that 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 up. So we'll see. The only thing I want to add in terms of this sort of rookie of the year conversation is 
It doesn't really yeah. dictate how careers go. Like, Steph didn't win the Rookie of the Year. Tyreek Evans won that year, so... Right, and Tyreek is, like, now banned from the league for a little bit. For, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, what a man. Poor guy, man. I, like, jeez, <laughs> just stop it. People don't understand how good Tyreek Evans was when he came into the oh league. Gosh, like he there's... was really heralded. His he put up a twenty-five and five season, which is a really tough exactly. thing to do for a rookie, especially on Sacramento. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, especially on Sacramento. Okay. But as far as Luca versus um, Trey Young, I, I mean, I, I saw it was very clear. Luca came out swinging. And he did slow that towards the end. Part of it was he didn't play in every game. And I'll, I'll give props oh, yeah. to Trey Young. He played in almost every single game this season. I think he played in any yeah. one games, right? So he, sh- he should get a lot of credit for that. I think a big thing about it that a lot of people forget to see is that Luca's been playing professionally with like grown men mm. for like since he was like 16. He's had a chance. He's had a chance to really understand how a professional game is played. And... Trey's trajectory makes sense. Like, right, he's coming in, he's getting getting used to it. Like, he's understanding it. And, like, once he finally got it, he was able to get those stats up there. So it, I know it's going to be a really hard argument, but for me, that's a, big, that's a big thing, right? Like, just being able to, like, get a chance to truly feel like a rookie. Like, I don't, I honestly still don't see Luca as, like, a pure rookie just because he's played professionally Donovan. for so long. But that's, like, the whole Ben Simmons and... Uh, div- um, Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell debate, right? Like, I actually forgot who won that know. rookie of the it's, year between it's, both it's of them. It's a fun it just argument, kind of tells though. you, you know, where yeah. there's the some validity to it. Ben Simmons won, dude. Yeah. <laughs> ben Simmons won. Ben Simmons, bro. <laughs> Donovan That's... Mitchell was trolling him the entire time. Yeah. <laughs> towards the end of the season. Donovan experienced some success, and Ben Simmons experienced some success as well. So it's just like, I think both of them just got trounced out of the second round, and, you know. In the bigger scheme of things, in terms of careers, yeah, Rookie exactly. of the Year is just, the, you know, only a mere highlight. And I'm sure both Luca and Trey will have wonderful careers. And, like, I, I really like what Josh said, right? Like, it's just like, you, why do they have to be, you know, mutually exclusive? Like, why can't you be a fan of both? Why can't you appreciate both of them? And, matter of fact, I'll, I'll try to, to have that approach moving forward. I enjoyed... I enjoy watching Luca. I saw him when he played the Warriors. They 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 trounced us, and Luca was otherworldly. He really is a real deal, and I I I want to see yeah. more of Trey and see how he can develop better. Yeah, hopefully we get some more national games next year. <laughs> uh, we'll see if we get Zion for some random reason. I'm kidding. <laughs> We're never getting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. That was, so what, that, that was what jo- that was what Josh was saying before the draft. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yay, we're gonna get Z-. no. The crazy thing about this draft pick was that getting the eighth pick was a less percentage than getting the first pick. Like our chances of getting yeah, the first was. pick were higher yeah, than they getting the eighth it pick. It was like, what the heck? Oh my gosh! Your best chance was to get the seventh pick. Yeah, <laughs> and you guys ended with the eighth, but. As far as the draft and then the team going forward, what's your expectations? Do you expect this current team to to be the same to be the same roster going into next season? Like, who do you expect to stay? Who do you expect to go? Like, Kent Bazemore is he a guy that you got you got to keep around? I know John Collins; he's a guy that you want to keep around. He kind of fits a kind of a little bit of, of the Draymond Green multi-dimensional threat or whatever playmaker. Big VC, sure VC man. I want him. I, I want him on there as a. He's been awesome. I got a chance to like meet a bunch of them the early in the season. So I got to meet him. Got what? to meet like Jeremy. Got to meet Trey and all them. 
and it was they're a really cool vet. Um, I think that definitely John Collins, Trey Young, Kevin Herter are going to be part of our future. Mm. Everyone else is kind of like on the chopping block. Whatever they, they're pretty much building around. You got those your three guys, you got your Steph, you got your Clay clone, you got your Draymond clone. That's and Travis Schlenk's. Uh, that's his there plan. There you go. Just our 2.0s. Yeah. He's like, please, please work. You just got to get a KD and a DeMarcus Cousins. You got to take into <laughs> account that you guys have the 8th yeah. and 10th pick. So you're going to be adding two like blue chip prospects pretty much. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know who we're going for. I, th- I think we're looking at uh, like Cam Reddish might have a chance to fall to 8. And at 10, I think we're looking yeah. at like one of uh, the big centers, like a project center. to cut So that um, Collins can play at the four because that's where he feels most comfortable so I, i'm excited man if there's a lot to be excited for as a hawks fan um i heard I, I was hearing somebody say like right now it's more exciting to be a hawks fan than a rockets fan because of just the dysfunction with like and the the, the age of those guys right like you're not sure yeah. what's happening next with contracts and all that yeah i don't know i i hope we can land a good free agent too um, that'd be perfect. That's a really good comparison. I mean, just to put in perspective for the Rockets, Chris Paul and Harden take up 70% of their cap space. So as far as flexibility, they have nowhere to go. As far as a Hawks fan, I mean, so you got all these young upstart guys. Yeah, there's so much flexibility. That's what how the NBA is now. Like, you need to have flexibility. And yeah. you, you right now, having Trey on a rookie contract, you're going to be able to put pieces around him. And that's the exciting part. I mean, you're going to be putting more rookies. I mean, it's going to be a young team. That's the thing. It's going to be a yeah, really young team. Super young team. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is we're talking about the Eastern Conference. Have you been keeping up with uh, <laughs> the you know the road to the finals for the oh Raptors and the Bucks? Yeah, it's been crazy. Honestly, I really thought that Giannis was going to take it. I thought the Bucks in general had a more like just from how they were playing throughout the playoffs. I thought they had a more complete team. But then, like, shoot, like freaking. Kawhi Leonard just willed that team to win the the Eastern Conference. And then, like, Van Fleet stepped up. Like, guys stepped up when they needed to. It's crazy. Van Fleet had a kid, and he just balled out. Like, Dude, he had real. his son, like, put him to another level. I need to have a kid, man. I think I'd perform much better. I know. <laughs> <laughs> JC, can you attest to that? Do you perform better having a kid? <laughs> I don't know what Van Fleet got, but... That is not <laughs> true. You know, I, uh, going back to the uh, the Eastern Conference um, finals, it was kind of interesting just because I thought that, you know, Milwaukee, aside from having debatably the, the best player, Giannis, I think they also had more experience with the coaching. I, I don't, I'm not too familiar with Nick Nurse. And uh, and Bud, but you know he was he was with the yeah. Hawks, and he he had, he's from the pop pedigree, so I figured that he would be making a lot more adjustments and being able to be a little bit more yeah. flexible in in that kind of stage. It was kind of surprising to see the Bucks kind of fold against the Raps. I agree. I mean, I I had the the Bucks going through, especially because of that coaching experience. Um, seeing what Bud was able to do with our team, with our like limited yeah. talent, and to take us as far as he did, I was like, dude, he has Giannis, Chris Middleton, like balling out. Like I was like, dude, what? Exactly. And then Milwaukee was deep. Like they yeah. had, yeah, they had some talent. Yeah, it was really surprising to actually see how that all played out. But Kawhi Leonard has championship pedigree, and he showed it in that in that series. I mean, he was hobbled. And he was playing through yeah. 
uh, through pain, it seems. I mean, visibly, he seems like he was struggling. And then they made some timely shots. And, you know, momentum is really scary uh, in the NBA. And they, they found it and they, they ran through the Bucks. It was, it was, it was kind of surprising. I thought it would go seven. And, I, and we made predictions that we thought the Bucks would make it through, and it's really surprising. I think uh, some of the key things in that series was really the adjustment of putting Kawhi on Giannis. Once he put Kawhi on Giannis, Giannis was pretty much neutralized. I mean, they kind of yes, formed a did. wall, like a, the Toronto Great Wall, and Giannis couldn't just break through. The thing with the playoffs is for these young guys, especially Giannis, they, and Ben Simmons, another example, you get exposed so much when you can so game much. plan towards another guy throughout a seven game series or just throughout like, you know, the best of seven, you really see who ends up being the better team, even though going into it, I agree with you, Josh and and JC. I thought the Bucks were going to win because they had depth. They had the shooting and they were one of the league's top defenses throughout the season. And they have the best record in the league. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's all about making adjustments, uh, you know, defensively and offensively. It's a chess game at that point when it's a series that long. And, I think that's where experience comes through for a lot of the, you know, these these teams and the Bucks with Giannis as their their, you know, their stalwart. He he hasn't really had that much experience and he didn't really know right. uh, <coughs> how to adjust with the defensive adjustments that Toronto made. Yeah, for sure. You got you got to work on that jumper a little bit and and playmaking, you know what I mean? It's just Man, it I mean ugly. they Yeah, I wasn't there. Like I mean they started the game like I they were winning what was it all the way to the third quarter right yeah. and then they were up wow. it's just like man that fourth quarter it's just like all right Kawhi's like all right we're just gonna take over and like let's finish this up and kind of to make a point of that is when you have a su- your your team goes as far as your superstar can take you like yeah. the playoffs prove that to be a hundred percent true like Giannis. He hits a wall in the fourth quarter. Like, you can tell he can't create his own shot. He If he can't beeline to the hoop, and he also can't make free throws consistently. Right, that's so a struggle. down the stretch, it's like super struggle. And then the other guys, if they're not in rhythm, not shooting three, not hitting threes, then it's Kawhi can take over. And right. that's what the beauty of the Warriors are, right? Like, the Warriors have multiple people that can kind of handle the torch, like Steph Curry. Obviously, if KD's healthy and Clay can step to hit, hit those big shots, yeah. that's why, I, like... Looking at the finals, even though I'm a huge Jeremy Lin fan, it's it's an uphill battle for oh the Raptors. Gosh. I know, I, I agree. I, it's going to be such a struggle for the for the war or for the Raptors, just because the experience, like we've been saying, they have like how many more years of experience on top of the, that Raptors yeah. team being in the finals? Five straight years in the finals, crazy, right, JC? Bro. Five straight years. So what's your assessment, Josh, in terms of uh, how this finals w- will look? I'm kind of curious about an East Coast perspective on how they view uh, the, the Warriors and uh, rep the East Coast. I, I can't. I mean, I'm a realist, bro. So I have to just say it. Like, Warriors, I feel like, are going to take this just because mm. of their experience. And just, I mean, you saw them. Like, their best player went down. KD went down. And they actually got better just they just like they're like this amoeba like just constantly adjusting and like all right who's gonna be like the best one now like it's and then steve kerr man like they he just knows how to manage his team they're such a well-oiled machine it's gonna be really hard i might i think raptors are gonna take maybe one or two but i still think that wow i I think warriors got it honestly the east coast has home court uh advantage in this series 
Do you think it matters? That's true. Yeah, I think Drake's going to annoy the hell out of everyone. So. <laughs> Honestly, I'm over Drake. I was like, dang it. Like, the only reason why I didn't want them to go is because I'm like, dang it. Drake's going to be just like all over the place. But Oh, my God. I don't know how will. you guys He's feel about be... Drake, but I, I'm, I'm annoyed. <laughs> you, know, you know what's funny is, I mean, I think he's taken it another level in terms of being annoying during these playoffs. But there's actually a lot of connections between <laughs> yeah, the Warriors Drake. and Drake. I mean, he kind of was riding the Warriors and he's friendly with KD and Steph. That's true. Um, Ayesha yeah. Curry is actually from Canada. I think she's Canadian. Uh, and I think... Oh, she is? Yeah, I think so. Don't quote me on that. I didn't fact check that, but I'm just saying there's like, <laughs> there's like connections. I'm fact checking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think there's like even some family relations and Drake even has like a tattoo of, of KD and Steph. Like there's like a number 30. What? Yeah, yeah. There's a number 30 on his bicep and it says something like gifted. And then there's a number 35 that says snipe. He hangs out oh, in the bay wow. and like he 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 reps it. So it'll be an interesting dynamic to see how Drake kind of plays that. He kind of goes with what's hot, and that's just kind of what he does. But at the yeah, same time, now, dude, Drake is hype beast, man. Drake is just hype Always. beast. That's what he is. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know how he's gonna do that. I think he's gonna try to get into the the minds of of Steph and KD. But I mean, these guys are battle tested. They've been they've been hearing all the noise from all kinds of different angles oh, yeah. all over the years. So Drake might not even tip the scales at, at any point. It's just the fans really... Yeah. I mean, it's annoying because he's just super demonstrative out there. He's even worse than Spike Lee, yeah. dude. I know, he is. He's, <laughs> he's rough. No, I mean, it's it's been cool to see just the Raptors fan base in general, though. Like, it's a yeah. diverse fan base and it's a passionate fan base. Mm-hmm. And it's... You got to appreciate it. Um, just seeing Jeremy go from Atlanta to Toronto oh, and yeah. just seeing the love he's getting... First of all, let's we got to give some love to Jeremy Lin for making it to the finals, yeah, baby. Yeah, he's yeah, up, dude. Even if he's on the practice squad, that's like he's <laughs> part of that team. You know, like that's awesome. <laughs> hey, man. But I, I, dude, I, he's I, earned his stripes. He has. Jeremy Lin has earned yeah. his stripes oh, to be yeah. there, hundred yeah, percent, yeah, dude. And we, and just to put it in context, like. Jeremy Lin has touched each of our teams. Dude, <laughs> as weird true, as that sounds, true. he's been a Laker. He's been a Hawk. He's been. He was with the Warriors. He yeah, was with the Dubs. That's right. Exactly. He started with the Dubs. He, he is in the middle of this whole episode, actually. Jeremy Lin. He is. <laughs> X-Factor. Shout out to Jeremy Lin. Shout out to Jeremy Lin. Yo, He's our boy, awesome dude. To have him I can't. Here. I can't not root for him, even I though know. he doesn't get any playtime. I know. Seriously, I'm just like, oh, two minutes? Let's get it. Let's get it. Make the best of those two minutes. <laughs> Hopefully he gets some run. No, I... Hopefully he gets some run. It'll be interesting to see him. I, I know you guys are predicting the Warriors to win. I actually have a different take. I actually think the Raptors will take it in seven. <laughs> wow. My reason is, I, and look, I, I know this prediction is is tough to, I mean, most people are, are picking the Warriors in six, it, it seems. That's like the general consensus. Yeah. I Because number one, home court. And number two, Kawhi Leonard, people don't know just how great he is. And I think if the Warriors had KD, it'd be over, 100%. Even though the, the Warriors are really good uh, without KD, but they're severely battered. You really have to... Iggy, we don't even know like how healthy he will be in the next series. And I think if he isn't 100%, that's a huge blow for the Warriors. The, another thing is, in 2017, Kawhi Leonard got hurt in the first game of that series when he's with the Spurs. Uh-huh. And they could have taken that game. And people were saying that year, the Spurs could have definitely unseated 
the Warriors. And look, it didn't happen because Kawhi got hurt, and then people were saying Zaza, you know, kind of like altered the the Another altered X-Hawk. the history of the NBA. Game seven. Game seven. X-Hawk, baby. Zaza, nothing easy. Nothing easy. Yeah. <laughs> so it won't come easy, but I think Kawhi can will this team to at least push the Warriors to seven games. And I, you never know in a seven game series. Having home court advantage, the seventh game, That's anything true. can happen. So I'm, I'm taking the Raptors in seven, baby. Okay. Jeremy Lin's gonna win that chip. That's such a true. <laughs> we need it. We need it. That's that's such a troll take, dude. Just because, first <laughs> off, Kawhi on the Spurs and Kawhi on the Raptors is a completely different setup, man. You know, Nick Nurse mm. is the the coach of the Raptors, and you're pitting it against the top coach ever to coach the game. You know, Greg Popovich. Whoa, mm. whoa, that's bold. That's Wait, what, have you guys had this discussion already no, about Steve Kerr being the best? No, we have not had this discussion. This is completely uh, just... Wow. Just, damn, dude. <laughs> I'm just, you guys got to have an episode hope, of the best coach. That's kind of like a Homer pick right there right now. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 you know, and the Spurs are a different squad than the Raptors. And don't get me wrong, like, Kawhi scares me, dude. He's like the Terminator, dude. Anybody that doesn't show emotion and it's just like, you know, like a mutant out there is it he's he's like that dude that Thanos has, like that uh what's his name? Ebony Mar or whatever. That that kind of preaches oh, yeah, to yeah, people yeah. before they bounce. Like he's just like you know, those kinds <laughs> of characters are scary because you just don't know what they're capable of doing, right? So yeah, uh, you can't see any emotion from them, so you're not sure what their intentions exactly, are. Like, well, they exactly, exactly. So it's I think the Raptors will be a formidable opponent. I mean, more than the Blazers, but yeah. I do think that from a coaching standpoint, the Warriors have experience on their side, and I'll take Steve Kerr over Nick Nurse. All due respect to Nick Nurse, any day experience in general, I think will will, will come to fruition in this situation. Many people forget that the NBA yeah. Finals is very different from any series. It's like the Super Bowl, bro. Like, every everything is covered. You're under a tremendous amount of micros. Uh, uh, you're under a tremendous microscope when you're in the NBA Finals. Maybe Kawhi can handle that just because he's a mutant. But I don't know how the rest yeah. of the team is going to handle that. Marcus Sol is um he's a veteran, but this is this is his first uh, his first foray in the the Finals, and yeah, all right. the others. All, all the other the other players there, Jeremy Lin included, right? I'm hoping I'm hoping that that will be something that's going to throw them off their game. And I think you know they're they're hot right now. They're they're, they're they won four straight, but the Warriors have as well. So we'll see. Yeah, I just yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's just that experience. Like they have one guy, Kawhi, versus like five or six or seven guys on the Golden State Warriors that have been there more than three times, two, three times. All you need to do is just make sure that, you know, you can contain Kawhi and then just do what you can. Like, all those other guys are probably going to, hopefully, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I mean... But I, I, I want it to be a fun series. Yeah. I think it's going to be competitive. Sure. I think it I will. I think it will be competitive. Um, I do think that having Kawhi and his championship pedigree will make it a, t- a tough task. I just have a feeling that he's not going to be rattled and he's just going to just keep on making some tough shots and play some good defense. The KD yeah. injury is scary, man. I'm not sure if he's going to play, actually. Yeah, when I is his projected? Will, I thought he was supposed to try to be back by the finals, I guess. So They're just, uh, they're just going to have to wait and see. Local coverage here in the Bay Area is they said that the <laughs> the injury was worse than what they 
had uh, initially uh, diagnosed. They still called it a calf strain, but basically he hasn't been cleared for contact. He's not even shooting around as of earlier today. He's been ruled out for game one for sure, so he's not going to play that that first game. I don't know, man. If the Warriors keep on winning, they might not even push for him to play. But if they lose, there might be a little bit more urgency. And it's kind of, it's really been an interesting dynamic because no one knows what's going to happen. So there's drama from that right. from that angle. It's kind of crazy to think that they might push Katie and Boogie to play. And, and I'm sure they want to play. But these guys are the guys in their contract years. If they go down with a serious injury... That's like huge repercussions for their career True. going into the summer of free agency. It's the NBA finals though, <laughs> man. It's the finals. You got to play. <laughs> if you're a baller, you ball, right? Yeah, you do it, man. No matter what, you just tie an extra, you know, an extra brace on there and just jump in there. <laughs> I mean, this, this is what defines, you know, like careers, right? You, you got to have championship rings and you can look for the future, but the future is uncertain, man. You got to really look at the present and you got to just capitalize on what you got in front of you. And we're four games away. And, you know, I'm sure those guys think about it the same way, especially for Boogie, who yeah. hasn't been there. Yeah. As far as uh, rooting interest, I'm rooting for the Raps. Me too. I, 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 <laughs> Kyle Lowry, like his his just playoff, like his playoff trajectory before Kawhi joining the team, it's been tough. I mean, he was like best friends with DeRozan, and then they 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 traded for Kawhi, and then now they're in the finals. I'm really rooting for that guy. I feel like he he's a really cool story, and also Danny Green, you know, yeah. all those other all these other supporting cast guys, Serge Ibaka, Marcus Gasol, like yeah, they have they have experience and not championship experience, but they could step up. And the thing is, the Warriors don't really have. Like legit bigs right now. If Boogie doesn't really come back full full strength, Marcus Gasol could ha- Marcus Gasol could have a hell of a series. He's been playing against Giannis and Embiid the last couple series. That's like way better than any bigs the Warriors have. So who knows? Marcus Gasol can show up. So just to just to wrap that section up, I'm saying Raptors in seven. Josh <laughs> says Warriors in five or six. And JC, what do you say? I say Warriors in a gentleman sweep. Game five. Wow. <laughs> Damn. <Dang. laughs> Yeah, I mean that's strong. I, yeah, that's that's it. Should be fun. We sh- we need to put something on the line for this. <laughs> Let's do we it. Might, Popeye's chicken. To, do some Popeye's chicken. At, yeah, we'll have yeah. to. We'll have to whoever gets somewhere. the closest, whoever gets the closest prediction has to treat everyone else for for Popeye's right. chicken next time we see All each right. other. And then everyone has Deal? to fly to that guy's city to oh! get the Popeye's chicken. So the losers right. have to pay that cost of the flight, but then yeah. you know, the the person who wins pays for the chicken. Yeah, I think <laughs> Dude, you've upped the stakes. All oh, right, yeah. we're making it happen. I'm in. You know what? The idea of eating I think Josh is going to win, dude. In Atlanta is a very appealing idea for me. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I'll take I'm, you I'm on a rooting for you now. <laughs> I'll take you on a fried chicken tour. We'll go all sorts of fried wow. chicken spots in Atlanta. <laughs> all right, it's a deal. We're ending our podcast on that. That's a cool. t- that's a wrap. <laughs> it's a wrap. Hey, Josh, I just want to say thank you so much for joining us. Sorry for the technical issues at the beginning. But you know okay. you know me. I, I'm so appreciative of you and our friendship and you repping the Hawks. You educating hey. me on the Hawks all the years. ATL. Absolutely. The, the, maybe the, the one of ten fans, that they, like true fans that we have. Hey, man. Now's the time <laughs> you're, to rep in. Just because once you guys start yeah. winning, everybody else in the bandwagon is going to jump. So you've earned my <laughs> true, respect. True right now so thanks absolutely so i want to give a moment for josh to like shout out like where to follow him where to reach him where to contact him yeah yeah a contact right now you know i'm 
I'm not doing as much YouTube, but I'm doing some travel mm. blogging stuff with my brother at Local Adventure. But you can find my personal stuff at, all my handles are at Mistafu, M-I-S-T-A-H-F-U. So just come say hi. I post some, like, a lot of sports stuff, like Braves and all, Atlanta yeah. sports stuff particularly. Yeah, JC, JC, JC was stalking your, your, your account when I, when I told him you are going to be a guest. And he was oh, like, nice. damn, you are a legit sports fan. Hey, man, you got, yeah. you got to do your scouting report, man. So with that said, thank you for listening. You know, follow us at Ball vs. Life official uh, on IG. And shoot us an email, ballvserslife at gmail.com. And please give us a subscribe and a rating and review. Thank you so much, Josh. And we'll see you guys next week. See you guys later. Later. Peace.